Skinny nigga, off your machine, so what? They be talking like, say the machine don't work. Like we never bang it in the traffic. Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham, Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Hello and welcome to the 41st edition of the Weekly Canon. I'm here with Ife and DK. Um, our normal our normal panellists are, are away. One's um, trade us in for some overtime and then one's just pulled a sickie last minute, which is poor. But got a great show today. Got a guest, Leeds fan DK. How are you doing, man? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. It's, uh, it's an honour to be on the show for the second time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's a good, while. To be, good to have you back, man. Um, so, I mean, it's been an action. Well, it's not been an action-packed week. It's more midweek action. We had um, obviously the massive game between Real Madrid and PSG. Um, what did we make of that? The Real Madrid PSG know? game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched. I watched the full ninety, and it was it was a good it was like it was it was a, it was a good game, like, from I think my take from it is that PSG I think I still they're not I feel like they're not there yet like I mean they've got the team but I feel like maybe they need one or two pieces and I, I said this in the chat the other day I, I I was I wasn't impressed with the manager at all like I think I don't I, I didn't I didn't see like a kid a clear game plan and it's see tactics being involved and like they just to me like I, I feel like they bottled it a bit because up until um the 1-1 up until when Ronaldo scored the second goal like PSG they looked the team more in control and then mm. within five minutes or six minutes they just conceded like two quick fire goals and that just put the tie to bed I mean for me like, like historically going to the Bernabeu is a tough game yeah. the way PSG sort of took it to Real Madrid, I was shocked. So well, I wasn't shocked because I've got quality, but you don't you don't expect Real Madrid to be under the cosh like that. But then again, they've been terrible at home this season. They've yeah. been terrible in the league. And they've been rocky at the back. They have been historically, yeah. but even worse this season. But, um, I mean, for them to score two goals the way they did, I wasn't surprised either because that's what they do. The Champions yeah. League is what they seem to live for at the moment. So... I mean, obviously taking Cavani off was a bit, obviously it was a ne- negative tactic. It's inviting pressure on, but I think they're still in a tie. They've scored a goal and, you know, I think they're still very much in a tie. I think they could still go through. It's a possibility, so. But, yeah. DK, what do you make of it? I'm, all I'm saying is I'm not surprised. You know, I think PSG are quite an overrated team. Um, I think Madrid, everyone ruled out Madrid. You know, when they're saying who's the favourites to win the Champions League, you know, you, you can never rule out teams like Madrid and Barcelona, you know. Um, PSG are playing in League One against crap teams. You know, <laughs> you know, Real Madrid are playing in games, you know, where the intensity is a lot more and a lot higher than it would be in a League One game in the French League. So, um, not surprised at all. I think Real Madrid are going to cruise. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm... I wouldn't say I wasn't surprised by the game, but... Especially like I, I get what you what you were saying, Steve. Like in the opening, like five ten minutes, like PSU were really getting at them, and like they and like Madrid's like that defense has been like really shaky, and it's something mm. I don't. First of all, like it's something I don't understand because that like, their defensive personnel is actually really good. Like you got arguably like the best young centre back in Varane, 
you got a solid right back in um, Kaiva. He didn't play, but Nacho's a good replacement. You got Marcelo, who he's he's world class. You got Ramos, who he knows what to do in a big game. But they just mm. yeah, they just look very shaky, and I don't know. I feel like. Yeah, like I, I wasn't surprised that like, you can't you can't count out Real Madrid at all because like they've they've won the they've won the yeah. competition back to back, and when yeah. when you've got like the firepower of guys like Ronaldo and like Bell and Isco, like you can never like discredit them or count them out. I mean, I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how the average age of Real Madrid was twenty nine and a half years old. And then you've got PSG that's 24 and a half years old. So experience. Yeah, experience plays a big part. But what I was thinking, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think? Well, obviously, they get, they've got quite a few players touching 30, 30 plus. Like, where are areas where they could strengthen for the summer? Because I've heard like uh, from, is it Gilly and Balia Gay? Yeah. And um, yeah. the Spanish media of, you know, obviously Marca and whatnot, just uh, linking around you to players like Salah and Hazard I mean where do you see them strengthening and where do they need to strengthen watching them this season um, I think the biggest area they need to strengthen the, the main like their main focus should be striker because as much as I loved I've loved Benzema in the past he's, he's he's not he's not that guy anymore like he still contributes to the team a little bit but it's all, it's all like that's all well and good when the team are winning and, and the team are scoring goals, but especially during the first half of the season when the team was struggling for goals, like it's not like yeah, it's, it's, you like you need like when Ronaldo like you need you need more than just contributing to the build up play. So I feel like they need they need to go and get a proper striker. Like I I would like ideally like to see like Lewandowski there or something. And in terms of like other signings, I think on the on the flanks it's hard because when you've got Guys like Ronaldo, who obviously he's a, he's a legend at the game, arguably the second best player ever, and you've got Gareth Bell, someone who they also really like at the club as well. It's hard to, it's hard to like. I don't like, I, and especially the, especially if Zidane is like still the coach, I find it like hard to believe that they'll go after someone like Salah or like Hazard or or any of these guys. So I, I reckon mm. they may try get like squad options. So they may try get like a maybe like a young Spanish talent or a player who. Who's good? Who is like good enough to play for them, but can accept his role of like coming off the bench. Um, mm. In terms of midfield, I, don't, I feel like, I feel like their midfield is very solid. They've got Cruz and Cruz and Modric and Casemiro, Casemiro and Isco. You could argue that maybe they need like another defensive-minded midfielder because it is very risky having just Casemiro. And then in terms of their defense. You couldn't. You could argue that maybe they could like deal with adding another centre back, but I think what they've got right there, especially I think especially like a good someone who in the squad who is like underappreciated is Nacho because he can literally play anywhere across the back four. Like he he plays right back, he can play left back, he can play centre back. So that's always helped them. So they have had, so they've had like Ramos and Varane, and then they can bring in Nacho if they, if needed, and then like Jesus Vallejo. But you could argue maybe they need to bring in another like experienced defender. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think um, when I look at their defence, it does seem kind of, you know, paper thin at the moment. You know, you've just got kind of four defenders and then you've got Nacho who kind of plays anywhere across that four. Um, I think they should probably try and get a right back and left back cover. You know, the way Tottenham have, they've got yeah, you know, yeah. cover for every single position mm. just to improve because they've got a lot of games that they play. They yeah. play, you know, the Club World Cup nearly every year now. Um <laughs> And they've also going up, going forward. They're 
you know, attacking players are getting quite old now. Um, ben Demmer, again, he's been a great player, and especially in big games, he improves Ronaldo, Bale and Isco because of his link-up play. But they should just try and break the bank, which they probably will, and either consider Lewandowski as the first priority and then second priority, maybe wait two years and get someone like Harry Kane. Um because it seems like Kane's more likely going to go to Real Madrid along with Eden Hazard if they were both to leave Tottenham and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah um, I've got a question quickly about do you feel they yeah. need a new keeper? Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think they can upgrade on them. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing, obviously, Thibaut Courtois, yeah. along with Hapland, they've got two years left on their contract and have not obviously signed a new one. So Courtois. I don't know if he's sort of like wanting that move yeah Courtois has been talking about he's like I think for the past year now he's been he's been like playing around he's been flirting with the Madrid rumours I think a couple months back he said that he's like he he still loves Madrid and like he he wants to go back there one day so I feel like if they can if they can if they can improve on that then I'd say yeah definitely go for it I think with um, with Courtois if his contract is his contract going to end at the end of next season with Chelsea so yeah I think it's 2019 I Wait, think what they're going to yeah, do... Yeah, have to sell him this summer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think I think what they're going to try and do is probably let De Gea wait, you know, play next season, see how they do in the title race in the Premier League. And then they're going to be in a position where they're just going to decide between De Gea and Courtois because De Gea might get fed up if they don't crack on next season in the Premier League. And if they do the same thing they're doing this season, he might want to be like, OK, I want to go Real Madrid. And they'll choose him over to Courtois any day of the week. On on contrary to that, like I'm, I'm hearing that um, De Gea has read his sign a four year new deal. That's an interesting one, but they never most of the time they never honour these contracts. Yeah, true, true. Um, they're gone. No, I was going to say that like, bringing it back to the PSG Real Madrid game. Like I remember, like me and you, Steve, we had a a bit of a disagreement. Once see what um. Dirich thought about it. I like. I I said. I I basically said I felt like, em, like Emre's a, fr- a fraud because it was. I like, <laughs> honestly, I was like, I was so yes. I was so disgusted from that game and like especially from obviously that like, last year against Barcelona is still like, is still on my mind and I just, I just felt like in going into that game. See what I don't understand is if the players like no, I don't I don't think any of the PSG players had a bad game necessarily. Mm. But when I was watching the game, I I just I didn't know what they were doing. Like to me, I said to him, like it literally looked like it was give the ball to Neymar, and let's just yeah. see what he does. And then like, obviously he's like Steve was kind of defending him. So like like what did you make of like Emery's tactics and that like, maybe him as a manager? Uh, wait, me or DK? DK. It's an interesting one, man. I I think um, in their team with their whole squad and with their manager, I think they've got a squad that's bigger than the manager rather than a manager that's bigger than the actual squad. Um, and with Emery, he was I feel like he was exposed last season against Barcelona, right? Mm-hmm. You know, his man management of Kimpembe and Thiago Silva deciding which one to play and which one to leave out has been terrible. You know, he should have started Thiago Silva or he should have played all three if he could. You know, but the thing is, man, I, I just don't think he knows what he's doing tactically. Um, I don't think he's the right man to lead PSG on to winning anything in Europe. Um, I think they need to try and get someone like Ancelotti back at PSG um, mm-hmm. while he's available. That's a good shout. I mean, um, the way the way I see it, like the positives I'm thinking with him is that he's got 
a plethora of talent, like attacking talents, like Draxler. He had Lucas. He had he has Neymar, Mbappe, Cavani. That's <laughs> their Pastore. Di Maria. <laughs> exactly, Di Maria. So like that's and and he sort of found his four three three system where it sort of just worked. I know they're blowing away teams through just sheer quality in um, in their league, domestic league. In the Champions League, they've been sensational. I think they almost broke that record of um, the most goals scored by a, a team in the Champions League um, in the group stage. Yeah. Um, as for like the tactic of just giving it to Neymar and go, I think in that game, it was working. As much as uh, playing and like as poor as it sounds from a tactical perspective, giving it to Neymar. I mean, he's, he's the best player, like one of the best players in the world. That I think that is an attacking strategy. That's fine because he can take two or three players on and he can find that final ball. His final ball was poor on the night on a few occasions, but I, I think it was working. I mean, there was still like, in, I think the 78th minute, I think Neymar put a lovely ball across and then like Mbappe couldn't get across to it. But they could have won that game. And they I think if they, if they got a draw or won that game, I don't think people would be saying too much. Obviously, he took off um, Cavani and it's, you know, it's a negative approach, but maybe he had Barcelona in his mind from last year thinking, you know what? I need to be a bit more wiser here. We've got a result. Yeah. Let's just, you know, take a back seat. But then again, they invite pressure and have conceded two late goals and look at them, they're in a deficit now. So, yeah. I mean, I, I do I, get, I think calling him a fraud is a, was a bit strong though. Yeah. Like I didn't agree with saying a fraud, but I can see where you could say maybe he's got limitations, obviously. No, that, that, true, uh, very true. I mean, mm. just to run it off, like, I, don't, I don't think I had any problem with him taking Cavani off like, either because it's a, it's it's a game over two legs and you're playing away. You've got an away goal. It's tied. Like I'd, like two minutes. Like I think most of us would, like we like you wouldn't like criticize us for doing that. But I just kind of felt like as much as it was working and Neymar did have a good game. I felt like mm. Madrid. They look they look comfortable. I mean after like the first 10, 15 minutes. I feel like after that they just kind of looked. They just looked to, to me. They just looked a bit comfortable. Like I didn't as much as like. I saw Neymar going going at them and taking them on. I I just felt like nothing was. He'd have to bring. He'd have to like produce a moment of sheer magic to actually get something from it. And then on the opposite end, I saw there was a few times where Madrid they just they just literally like when when they when they went when they went forward and went on the attack they just got through. And like I think that was shown in the in the first half when Ronaldo missed those two chances, which I think he should have he should have scored the first one when he hit the keeper in the face. And then with the second effort that he blazed over, he should have at least got got the shot on target. But I don't know. I think that's just that was just my criticisms of the game. But other than that, I think no, I think it was, it was a good it was a good game of football. I think the third goal that Real Madrid scored that's the game changer for me. You know, if it was yeah. two one and you're bringing a, a result like two one back to you know PSG Stadium and back for the second leg, you know it would have been like okay, yeah, PSG can score as many goals as they want, just like Liverpool would do. But in terms of defensively, you know, are you going to be able to shut up shop and you know go away with a one all or a two yeah. two all draw? You know, three one. You know that Marcelo goal was just like you know that's not good enough to concede. And it's especially as hard because you know, like, I'm sorry, I I just can't see. I I I see like Madrid scoring at least one goal in the reverse. Yeah, league. I I don't yeah. I don't think PSG will be able to keep keep a clean sheet. So like like you said, a two goal deficit, knowing that you need to win by two clear goals, and Madrid, they are most likely gonna score at least one goal. It's it's gonna be a yeah. tough task for them. Definitely. Um, moving on from this game, um, should we talk about the? 
Yeah, the same. No, the same. Yeah, game was played at the same time. Was it Porto and Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, Porto and Liverpool. I mean, what? Um, well, I didn't watch that game, I but I saw the highlights. Yeah. Were you surprised by the result? I was. I was. I wasn't. Surpri- I wasn't surprised because, like, we know what Liverpool are about, and like, I feel like as much as we know that they, when they come against big teams, they sweep them away, and then they can be fairly susceptible to lesser teams than them. I feel like mm-hmm. re- that this season they haven't been that bad with it. So mm. like, when I when I saw them like f- like I, f- I think it was like three or something after the first after like the first half or, so- or something, I wasn't surprised because we know that that Liverpool front three is just it's just da- it's just very dangerous and as mm. as well as like Porto could have set up and everything, I just don't feel like I don't know like I don't know it just wasn't wasn't that much of a shock to be honest. It was it was two 0 at half time, but I noticed well from the extended highlights like obviously Porto the onus on them was to get back into the game, so they they were pushing quite a few bodies forward and you know they had the bulk of the possession, which was perfect for Liverpool because one misplaced pass and you know what they're like four players were break. I saw Milner sprinting forward as well like Milner. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's weird because when you look at the game. Um, they're back four. They're they're playing, you know, players like Alexander Arnold, who's been playing in most of the Champions League games, mm. and then Robertson as well. But mm. their back four still hasn't been tested, and once they get tested against a big team, they're still going to be vulnerable. They're perfect going forward. Everyone knows that, but defensively, you know, they're going to be tested, and they're still. I, I think they're a bit overrated, like PSG. I, I think they are. I think great coming, attack. Coming 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 up against the good side, like like later on in the stages over two legs, I think it will be challenging for them because I don't feel like their their midfield is good enough to win a midfield battle against a team such as like Madrid or Barcelona or, yeah. or even like a PSG, a Juventus. So I don't think they'll win the midfield battle. And of course, like we know that Liverpool's attack is, is really potent, but it's not as great as they are. It's hard, it's hard, especially over two legs for them to be able to get that period where they just have them to like sustain attacks, especially... When you consider, like, you can tell that a lot of these teams, when it gets to the quarters and the semis, like, they do their homework on these teams, so they know what Liverpool will like would like to play. So they'll try to nullify their strengths. Definitely, and also like uh, with the midfield battles, you know, to win Champions League, you look at midfields. You know, they've either been you know bred from the academy of their own club, or they've been bought as world class players from other clubs like Madrid. Tony Cruz came from. Bayern Munich um, with Modric came from Tottenham when he was playing well at Tottenham you know Liverpool Henderson came from Sunderland Wijnaldum came from Newcastle <laughs> the difference yeah man. exactly I, I mean I, I'd like to think tactically Klopp you know he won't try and you know if they won't try and win that midfield battle I'd like to think they'll just try and nip the ball back when the two centre halves of the opposition just split and try and like you know poke the ball about and maybe try and intercept that bar It'll be interesting to see. Like like you guys say, I don't think they'll get very far in the competition. There'll be there's too many teams better than them. But like you know, I think I think they've got their strengths and they can hurt quite a few teams. Yeah, definitely. Like they're the best counter attacking team. You know, they're up there with counter attacking teams, and they know how to play against possession based teams because they can press with their first line. Yeah. Um. What else was there? They'll Sorry. Spurs, they'll Spurs Juve. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. we missed that, didn't we? Yeah, we missed it. But I, I watched the highlights from that game, and I don't know, man. Obviously, like we, like we all know, I'm a, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't, I don't like Spurs. I don't like giving them as much credit as the rest of the guys do. But 
you like you, you got you got to give it you got to give it some in that game. I mean, they came back from a two goal two goal deficit, but I don't know. Like, I, like from from like, from watching the highlights in that game, as well as much as I give them credit because they they got back into it, I also think Juve. They have, I don't know if they got too confident or, to, or complacent, but that that game should have been killed in the first half. Because like, mm. I I remember like we we watched a bit of the first half while before we went, went to the concert and then obviously we saw the two they were two nil up. Um, Higuain missed quite a good chance and then yeah. they scored and then they got a penalty a penalty right at the end of half time and then if you score that the game that like the tie the tie is done it's just you just like just be comfortable in the next half and then obviously Higuain he's like I don't think anyone's surprised because when it comes. When the lights are brightest, he's he's not always the man of the occasion, Mister Pen, and yeah, I mean, I think going into going into that half after that pen miss as well, the Spurs players they must have felt like yeah we can we can get something out of this, and they went ahead. Like credit to Harry Kane, he missed a good chance like early on in the game, and obviously there's been loads of talk about how he has to start doing it now in the Champions League to be considered world class, yeah. and then he got his goal and played well, so you got to give it to them. I mean. Um... I, I don't watch Juve a lot. I watched them yesterday against Torino in that derby game. And then based on the podcast I listen to and journalists, they say that once Juve get their first goal, they sit back and they just soak up pressure. And that's how they win their game. So if you, I'm sure you guys have read the statistics about how they barely, I don't think they've conceded a goal in the last 16 for a few years now or yeah. something like that. So like, I, I don't know if they're thinking, you know, we've won, we've two nil up after nine minutes. Let's just sit it because when what we saw of the game, yeah, Juve were deep, weren't they? Yeah, and they were. Tottenham, mm. they were just trying to probe. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's their comfort zone. And you know, Alleg- Allegri, that's where he feels as though he finds his team's most comfortable. But it got to, it gets to a point where, I mean, you can't sit deep for about how long? What eighty minutes of the game? Yeah. Seventy-five minutes of the game. So. And Tottenham are a good side, yeah. so they'll they'll bounce and create an opening. But mm. I, I think Tottenham could go through. I think they could as well. I think they could as well. If I'm being honest, Higuain went off injured yesterday. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. The ball has only just come back. He came off on like a 70th minute or something yesterday. So I mean, ugh, a very good chance for them to go through. They got two away goals. That's yeah. big. This was the best game. I'll, I'll say this was the best game, um, you know, of last week's Champions League games yeah. because, um, you know, you need a bit of luck in the Champions League, especially in an away leg. So I just got really lucky because you've had so many chances, especially yeah. in the first half, right? Iguain missed the penalty, you know, hit the bar. But I thought Larissa was going to save it anyway if it went just underneath. Yeah. Mm. Um, but man, the way they played in the second half, you know, with Dembele making runs and Eriksen just kind of making it tick between Ali, Kane and whoever yeah. else is playing around him is is a good game and um, they're in a great, great position. I think they're favourites in that next leg. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's fair. Well. I think they are. The only, the only thing I'd say that Spurs should watch out for is their lack of experience and I think I think that's that's what co- that's what cost them the two early goals because they conceded two penalties and like I think both of those penalties were just very silly. I think... Um, ben Davis, yes. I, I don't know what he was doing for that one, and then Aurier. It was it was almost as if like he he he, he trusted his athlete like his athleticism a bit too much, and then mm. we know we, like you know Douglas Costa, he's yeah he's, he's very he's, he's got he's very rapid, and he got ahead of him, and then he just 
just made a rash decision. So that that cost them, and then also I feel like they need they, yeah they just need to be they need to like I think it's just it's more down to experience because even in the first half when they were two 0 down and they were kind of going for it, Juve were hitting them on the break, and when they've got guys like when you've got guys like Costa and like Pjanic, and like especially now they're gonna if if the ball is available for the second leg, like it can it like it can really hurt them. So they just need to stay like remain calm, be confident, and like they're playing at home so. I think they should be considered favourites. I, I, I was a bit kind of shocked with the um, the selection though at first because I was thinking, you know, of all the games that their right back have played, uh, their right backs have played at Tottenham, Trippier has always been the better player than Serge Aurier. Mm. Um, I think Serge Aurier is a bit dodgy sometimes. He doesn't stand stand the players and stand them off when he's defending against them. And also, Trippier is a much better crosser than Aurier. Mm. Trippier should be starting in the next game, definitely. Mm. Do you know? I think I, I think I think he went. I think what he what he like from what I from what I think he went from it is that Trippier and Davis don't have a lot of Champions League experience, especially in knockout stages. And Aurier has been playing in the Champions League for the past like three years, getting into the quarters and semis. So oh, yeah, he thought. That's a good point. So he thought, okay, yeah. like I can't. I don't want to play two inexperienced yeah. fullbacks. But it actually didn't really work that way because Aurier cost them a penalty, and yeah. He's made a challenge like that before. He's given away a penalty. I can't remember. He has. Yeah, it's too many times I've seen like some dodgy stuff coming from him. He's Definitely. Good, yeah, Davies. But he can be a bit rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh yeah. Well, wait. What was the other game day? No, sorry. The only the other yeah, match. Man City. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Just, what, what, yeah. yeah. What can we say? What can you uh, say about City, man? It's just. <laughs> The game was done in what twenty five minutes? Three yeah. 0 Yeah, no, that's that. Well, that's done. That's done. I think they can play the kids in the next leg. So yeah. I think we can see we've seen how important Gundogan is to their team as well. Like that game kind of showed it what what his quality is. He was just kind of he was that guy on five aside just running rings around everyone. Yeah, little pocket passes, moving, yeah. collecting it again. Yeah, he's got a selection headache, man. Because <laughs> Gund- like Gundogan's looking fit again. He's looking good. Looking like the. Uh, we captioned his early Dortmund, his Dortmund form, and then obviously David Silva's gonna come back soon. So like, where did all these guys fit? And like, even we can see Bernardo Silva, like he um he like yeah he had a good game. He's he's coming into form as well. Sane's coming back now. So like, how is he gonna how is he gonna fit that all in? I mean, because it's hard. Like when players are on form, it's like it's not really fair, and it's a bit it's a bit of a strange decision to take them out. But like, I don't know. I guess that's what he's. That's why he gets his money to make these kind of decisions, but yeah, City look good. Do you not think they can get far in the competition? I I, I back them out of all the English clubs to get the yeah. furthest. I don't yeah. know how far though, because at the moment there's not too many teams better than them on current form. But yeah. you know, once these you know the, these tight games come about, experience comes into it a lot. Mm. Yeah, them them and Tottenham definitely. Them and Tottenham, they've got a strong chance, you know, going into the next round. Mm. Um, obviously Liverpool but Liverpool let's keep them further down below because of their defence but yeah it's a really really good City team I don't know why they're favourites though I'm I'm looking at the odds and it it says they're favourites to win the Champions League really? yeah oh wow (laughs) it's ridiculous that that's really crazy I mean I I don't know I feel like I, I give them a better chance than I did I remember at the start of the season like I think even after that the first couple of games and they were they were in great form. I was like, yeah, I I trust. Like, I think the city team are good, but when they come when they come up against the big boys, like 
I think they may not have it, but from what we see, I, I'm sorry, from what we've seen this season from them, like they've they've just been like they've just been demolishing literally anyone who's cut who's coming their way, and especially when you've got a, such an experienced manager like Pep in these competitions, like I think I think they could go far. Yeah, definitely. I think they and I think um, I think they will possibly even. I just, I just wanted to rest KDB because I feel like if he gets injured, like oh, yeah. things change. Things change, but um, yeah. Should we move on to the Europa League? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Arsenal went. To, I don't even know the name of the team that we Oster, went to. How do you pronounce it? Or something like that. Osterrind. Osterrind. Yeah. We played a strong side. Victorian yeah. um, Ozil. Yeah, played. I, I didn't expect that. I mean, that shows that we're taking it seriously, right? Like. Um. You could say that, but then again, you could also factor in that we're out of the FA Cup, so our players—they're not, we're not, we're not playing for a week, so it kind of like we're not. Like at first, I was surprised when I saw the team, but then I realised there's no Premier League this weekend, so our next game is the Europa League again, like next week Thursday. So it does. It kind of makes sense that he can play all the big, like play the big guys. Hopefully, just like he probably sent out the message to them, like just let's let's win it in the first leg. So in the second week we can like play the kids and then so they can have a bit of rest for the um Premier our next Premier League game and like it worked out. In terms of the actual match, we were like we weren't great. Like we like we were we were okay, but they they they're very they're very poor side and like the quality showed. So like I don't know, like I'm I don't really give I don't really give us that much credit because like even even our goals they weren't well worked or great, really great. They was just that I don't know. We just yeah, just, like, it was just shocking. The I couldn't believe some of the goals. I didn't watch the game. Yeah. I, I was watching it um, on my break at work, but I couldn't believe some of the goals I was seeing. I couldn't believe that they they got results against Bill Bell. I think Galatasaray. Galatasaray too. So obviously they got out of the group stage and they went through all the qualifying rounds. So they've got yeah. a bit about them clearly, but we well, I don't I, think we saw I, much of that. Yeah, I think one thing they what they said what they said before the game is that they're season actually ended in like November or something so they haven't played they oh, haven't right. played competitive football in a long time and like they were a bit lucky they had a cup game and they got it pushed forward to I think last week so they can like be a little bit have like a little bit of like um, competitive yeah but yeah I think that's one thing that showed as well they just didn't I don't know they just seemed sloppy but you could yeah. you could you could pin it down to that but yeah I mean it's, it's good for us because it means Going to going into the Emirates now, we can play some of the younger guys. Hopefully, just like get a nice little victory there and move on. Yeah, the cup final. Yeah. Are we, this is yeah, your best chance final, as well. Yeah. Definitely your best yeah. chance. Because if you look at Europa League, you know you guys are like what six six point seven points off um, top four. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, Europa League, you're in a similar position to what United were in last season. You know where you know. Do you rest all your players and just go all in for the Europa League? Um, you haven't got much competition in Europa League besides Red Bull, Leipzig, um, Dortmund, and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So you've got a really good chance. You know? Oh no, Napoli. Uh, yeah, they yeah, lost. They, they, they lost. I, I, yeah. I watched that yeah. game actually. I was quite. I was quite shocked. Like, sorry, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to be in the competition, and it just showed. Like, he played a weak inside. The team didn't look that good when they were. Yeah, he said it. He said he wants to win the. He wants to his Serie A. Yeah, Serie, like, yeah. they, they're like bread and butter. Like they want to win that. Mm. So they're ready yeah, to win. Definitely. Um, the, the Europa League, definitely. Do you guys think Arsenal have a 
have a, have a good, like, actually have a realistic chance of winning it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But then again, I think of like Dortmund, and then I think of Atle- Atletico are the ones that scare I think, me. Cause... I think Atletico, yeah, especially after they're watching them, yeah. they're the ones that worry me the most. But I think Dortmund are very Dortmund. They're a good team, but I think they're beatable. Um, yes, Leipzig is the Leipzig are the same. Like they they looked good against Napoli, but it wasn't a full strength Napoli side, and you can tell their hearts weren't in it. So I question. Like I, I feel I'd, I, would feel comfortable. I'd say playing against Leipzig, but it's, it's Atletico. That's the big one, for me. Yeah, like Dortmund as well. Arsenal are a better, a way better team than Dortmund. You know, Dortmund struggle to beat teams. You know, last, you know, midweek, um, they only over the weekend. Sorry, they just beat Wolfsburg one nil. It, it was that really good Marco Royce goal. Oh no, it's Mission Gladbach. Gladbach, yeah. Oh, was that against Mission Gladbach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's like got, Dortmund. Yeah. They, you know, their defense is a bit leaky, and their attacking players aren't used to playing with each other that often because they always get injured. One of them always gets injured. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first time Goetze, um, Schürrle, and Marco Royce played together since they've been at the club, and they've been at the club for like two, three years. That's, really? That's yeah. <laughs> it's mad. It's so that so you know, Atletico definitely are favourites, and then Arsenal got a strong, um, strong chances doing that and winning the Europa League because they experienced that, you know, cruising up until the semi-finals and finals in cup competitions. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, we, I, I just want us to win it because we, we've got no European credit. Like, oh, we I need to... I, I want it so bad. I'd I prefer it to... I mean, we're not... We're not we can't... Like, obviously, we've got the cup final, but we, for, for me, personally, I think I even said at the start of the season, like, I, I, want, I want the Europa League like a lot and then if we can have like a decent league position like a fifth maybe even a fourth I wouldn't mind but um yeah quickly like Dirige what do you think about Arsenal's chances against um City in the Carabao Cup final I think you've got a fantastic chance of getting a result against Man City because you guys are very, very good at getting results when you're playing at Wembley, whether you're playing in cup competitions domestically in the UK. Um, you've got that experience and also you've got the players for it now. You know, you've got players that can turn up and press Man City. You know, in Aubameyang, you can be the first line of pressure. But you have to play three central midfielders like Elneny, Xhaka and Moshe. You have to play them. Maybe Ramsey in, in that three as well. You have to. Mm. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's a one-off game, but I'm still backing City to yeah, probably win that game. Because also, I, yeah, definitely. Mm. Arsenal have actually, you know, been able to rest some key players as well. You know, they rested uh, a lot of their midfield. You know, they rested some good defenders, and also Aubameyang's had a good rest. So they're coming into this final, well, this you know, this game against Man City, very, very fresh. Mm. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, oh, I don't know. It'll be an interesting game. Let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah. Before we move on to like some of the FA Cup fixtures from last week, and I want to talk to you, DK, about <laughs> Leeds, Leeds United at the moment. Oh man, uh, uh, Leeds. Obviously, uh... Uh, you were like, I think you were. Yeah, you're looking at promotion places. Like, I think you won away. Uh, was it Nottingham Forest? Was it three two? Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah. And then um, it's been a it's been a downward spiral ever since then. Um, 
you've obviously uh, had that result yesterday, 2-0 down after that 20 minutes and then um, get it back to 2-2. I mean, where do you see Leeds going? Because I, I always think they're one of the, like historically they should be in the Premier League. Like Leeds have always been one of those teams where you think Premier League club. But it's been years and you're still not close to coming back. So, I mean, where do you see things at the moment? You've got a new manager. Where do you see things? The thing is, like, um, I, I see things very positively for Leeds. You know, we're, we're in a good position as we've ever been in. You know, we've got some good academy players starting for us. We've got a very fantastic board structure and, you know, great, great directors and director of football is managing us. Um, and then we've got a coach who, you know, we've just thrown the dice and basically seen, let's see what you can do with this place. You know, he's got an 18-month contract. And also, our chairman has got a five-year plan to get us up. If he doesn't get us up in five years, he's going to sell the club. So we're in a good position. We've got money. Mm. We've got, you know, a fantastic scouting team. Um, we just need to crack on till next season now because I think this season's done. We, I think the gap's too big. We're eight points off top six. And um, unless we have a go on a good one in the last, you know, six or seven games, we'll see what happens. But we're just going to have to crack on till next season. I mean, I, I, obviously you lost Chris Wood in the summer. Um, who did you replace him with? I think it was that. Was Who was it again? We got Pierre-Michel Lasaga and we got him from Hamburg. And this guy is in my opinion probably way better than Chris Wood because really? he was a German oh. international. This guy was training with the German World Cup team, you know, before they went out in 2014 and won the actual World Cup because of his form back then, he was so close to being in that team. So mm. he was in a working he was in a working squad before they went to that World Cup. So he's a great player. He's scoring a lot of goals for us. So there's no problem on the striker front. It's just our discipline. Mm. We've had like five players sent off you know, in the last few <laughs> Yeah, I saw that guy um, went a bit wild in the FA Cup games and spat at someone, in it? Yeah, and he's a very good player as well, yeah. which is a shame. So he's been missing. Yeah. Um, there's one more guy as well, Roof. I watched um, Leeds in a pre-season game, like, earlier this summer. My mate plays, he went on loan um, to Oxford there, so I was there that game. And I oh, saw, yeah? Is it Roof? Yeah, Kamar Roof, yeah. I think he's quality. Like, has he been one he of is. your best players this season? He's been one of our big game players because um, he's kind of like an inside forward. He's a bit like Firmino in a way, but plays wider than Firmino would usually play. Mm. Yeah, I'm not saying he's good as Firmino, obviously, but yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to compare like the way they tie, you know, the way they like to play and stuff, he's contributing with goals. Um, it's just our discipline. That's all it is. And also, we only play well when we go goal down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So like a mentality problem. Yeah, definitely. That's all it is. We have, we have a team. Yeah. So you can kick on next season, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. As always, every season. <laughs> all right. Hopefully see you here soon. Um, in the Prem soon. Um, what stand... Oh, yeah. The FA Cup. Huddersfield would be United. Did anyone watch that? No. Oh, I watched it. I was oh, I was appalled, man. But like, honestly, United played a midfield three of McTominay, Carrick and Madge. Obviously because, you know, Pogba's injured, Herrera's out injured, and so is Fellaini. But Huddersfield fans could tell you, like... No, everyone would say... Everyone, anyone watching that game would say that Huddersfield were the better team. Like, they had most of the ball. They weren't really hurting United. Like, they didn't have too many shots on goal, but they had the general play. They were creating chances. They were aggressive. United really couldn't string a couple of passes together, but wow. their goals came from just, like... Just breaks. 
just breaks from Lukaku where he'd be slipped through and it was just maybe a bit poor defending and then the game was done. But, I, I mean, I'm speechless because I'm worried as in like where United are heading really because it's not the first poor performance I've seen in the last couple months. I feel like it's a recurring theme. Mm. I don't want to read into the fact that obviously Pogba was away and obviously, but it's this recurring theme where like if Pogba doesn't play, United don't play. I mean, what do you guys think of it? I just, I, I, with me, I don't know. It feels like if United, it's just it's just the same recurring issue. Like I think it's I think you have you have to put some of the blame on the manager because it's just yeah. like Mourinho. He's he's a very we know he's a very defensive minded coach, and I feel I feel like teams. Like, see, this is this is what I I tried to avoid. I think we, we I, I might have said it on, on a couple of pods. Like, I don't think he's been found out as a manager, like the way like someone like Arsene Wenger has. But I feel like when like people know how he's gonna set up, they know how he's gonna play, so they find it easier to play against his teams now. And I think I think that's a bit of a problem. And I don't know, like obviously United fans, they they were trying to hide like shy away from the truth especially at the start of the season when <laughs> when they were when they were getting the back to back 4-0 wins and they're like oh yeah people were saying we're a defensive team but we're scoring more goals but like you know like it's, it's what you see on the pitch and what you see is that when especially when they don't have Pogba they there's just no creative there's there's nothing there and I, I don't know if it's it's a thing where they need to bring like bring someone in alongside Pogba to help him or I don't, I, I don't know with United. I don't know, Tim, if I'm honest, being honest. But... Well, the, the, attacking, the attacking players are there, obviously. You've got Martial, yeah. you've got Sanchez, you've got Mata, you've got Rashford, um, Lingard to some extent, I guess. And then obviously Lukaku's Latin. I think Latin's done now. But yeah. it, they still look like, they don't look fluid at all. At all. It's just individual brilliance. But we, it's, it's nothing new. We've said this over and over again, but I'm just a bit concerned watching it. Like it's just a bit worrying. I'm I'm still baffled at you know some of their defensive choices and also I'll, I'll get onto the Pogba thing in a bit. But their defense, you know, this isn't a great defense that they're actually starting with. They're starting Lindelof, who's relatively new. He will take time to settle and understand the game of the Premier League and also playing against English teams in the FA Cup. But you know, Chris Smalling, I'm just going to leave it at that. Chris Smalling's bad. He's terrible. Even Phil Jones is better than Chris Smalling. Mm. you know what it was like he had a good season under LVG and then ever since then it's just been a bit up and down but he's terrible he's so so bad he's his defensive awareness his you know when he's got the ball in his feet and he's you know about to pass the ball to Matic it looks like he's skating on ice yeah yeah that's true that's true he's very like very tentative with his passing like he's yeah. not he's not confident passing forward he's a more of a sideway passer kind of guy but I don't know. You got Bailly back though. Eric Bailly. Yeah, he's, I rate him. He's he's a top quality yeah, player. I like him a lot. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see in terms of United. I mean, what would be a good season for United? Would you say? Terence, like with, with with all this being said, like you, they're not they're still they're not having a bad they're not having a bad season at all. I think yeah. if they like a top a top three finish for them, and then let's say they get they get they get far in any of their comp cup competitions I think you've you got to consider it a, a good season or at least at least say they're going on like in, in the right direction 
Mm. Yeah, so, I, I, I think that's true as well. And um, you know, once they get, they need to sort out the Pogba thing because I'm I'm still baffled why they're not playing Pogba properly. The whole point for bringing like someone like Matic in was to play Matic alongside either Carrick or alongside either Herrera, and then have Pogba playing slightly forward. He plays mm. best in a, in a midfield where there's three midfielders, like he did at Juve. You know, he can't play in the midfield of two because then that's you know makes him more defensive than he should be playing. Mm. Do you know, like I, I, I've been seeing a lot of things on Twitter recently. Like, do you about this whole oh we need to play Pogba in his in his best position? You need to play in the midfield three. Like we like I think we all agree that Pogba's a great. He's he's very talented. Like yes, he's like he's got he's got all you want from from a midfielder, and he, he's a very intelligent footballer as well. So like, there's a thing that do you feel like. Like, is he getting a pass at all of this? Or do you, you just feel like, regardless of your best position, where you're most comfortable, like, you should be able to perform whether you're playing in the two or playing in the three? Or, like, what do you guys think? I don't know. I mean, he's a top player. I mean, you would expect somebody of his qualities to be able to play in a, in a, in a two, and it should be okay. Like, it shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be an issue. Like, it is, it's been well documented that he has to play in a three, but... You don't hear this talk with anyone else. Yeah, exactly. True. That's but, true. That's true. But um, I think, it, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say with Pogba. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a massive fan, but I don't really know what to say in terms of this like whole Pogba debate thing. It is all about the tactics as well, though, because obviously since 2013-14, Mourinho has been known to play very defensive tactics. Before then, I've seen him play some exquisite football before them, you know, before them years when he had Makaleli playing in the Makaleli role and Chelsea playing that football in 04-05 season and Real Madrid setting points records in La Liga. Mm. But he's not. What he needs to do is put Pogba in a position where he's empowered, just like Pep Guardiola did with De Bruyne, and make him see. I want you to go for these passes every single time you have the opportunity. That's what he needs to do. And he, he's got Matic as a holding player. Um, he needs someone else alongside him. OK, I agree with that. I they've agree. got wingers. They don't need a, um, a centre-attacking midfielder because they've got wingers who can play as inverted forwards like Sanchez, like Martial, like Rashford. So maybe just getting another, like in, maybe in the summer, getting another central midfielder, top quality, yeah. and have yeah. a free midfielder and then just have their front three as well. Definitely. I think they should try and break the bank and bring Modric there if they can or try and bring someone like... Um, I don't think Cruz will go, but they, they they probably... Yeah, they need to bring someone like Modric. That quality. Mm. Yep, definitely. Um, what else happened? Sorry. There wasn't really much in the FA Cup to talk about. I mean, we've got City playing Wigan tonight. You'd like I to think like, Wigan would... I'm think sorry. The, um, Spurs, so, they... Can see the like a last minute. Oh yeah, there. of course. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot about that. So you know, I'm not a good host. Um, yeah. What did you make of that? Did anyone watch that game? No. I heard about the game. I didn't really follow it much. I heard about Deli Ali kind of trying to win a penalty. I thought that was Stonewall. You know. I thought that was a penalty. He's under a lot of pressure. He's under. He's, I think he's been booked the most since the ball got introduced. Yeah. I, I said, I said, I said this the other, the other, um, the other day when he faced Liverpool. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I honestly don't like it. Like I understand, and like, I understand that you want to do everything you can to win, and like even to some extent, some managers probably do encourage it. But with him, like he he does it so much, and it's getting to the point where it's 
Like it's it's just like you're you're a top player. Like why like why do you why why are you doing this? For you're taking advantage of an opportunity there. If somebody's like like that Rochdale defender yesterday. He stuck his leg out, and Deli Ali just it was obviously he played for it. It's not like it was a complete foul. He put his leg there. And it's sort of like what Jamie Vardy's been doing over the last few years. So just stuck his foot out, sort of waited for that connection and just dropped. Mm. And it looked in real time like a penalty. You could see in the replays when he slowed it down, he was looking for it. But mm. it's a penalty. It's a penalty for sure. Yeah. One result that also um, impressed me in the FA Cup was Southampton. I think Southampton have been doing a good job recently since you know the players showed that they wanted to play for their manager. And they've mm. been good you know, in, in recent weeks. They've shown... Um, that they're trying, willing to score goals and not be that boring team that kind of draws one all every game. Yeah. I mean, they've won at the Hawthorns twice, like in the last two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. For that crazy game that they finished 3 2. But yeah, well, hopefully they can get further in that, further into the stages with that. Um, I wanted to move on to um, a debate I saw on Twitter. I wanted to see what you guys made of it. Basically, so let me just get it up. Question off. Basically, I want to ask you guys: Would you rather ten consecutive years in the Champions League with no domestic cups? So that means the League Cup or the FA Cup, or ten consecutive years without Champions League football, but consecutively winning domestic cups? Wait, so, that, so what? Ten years of of no no cup trophies, but you're in the Champions League every year. Yeah, yeah. Or ten years. Of not being, without, yeah, without being in the Champions League and like winning League Cups, FA Cups. How about the league? No, no, the league don't count. Just, just those domestic trophies, those um, cup trophies. Sorry, cup competitions. No league, no league. See, it's a, it's a tough one, but I feel like I think I'll, I think I'll go Champions League. I'll go, I'll go ten years of being in the Champions League because. Ten year, like ten years of no, of no champ, of no Champions League. You're not si- I, like you're not signing anyone. You're not signing any top. Yeah. Like, true, top very players. true. Yeah, like, true. Like the the only the only way you'd possibly be able to do that is if you, like, lived in a like if your club was situated in a good place. So, say for example, like this. Let's say if you're Arsenal, so being in London that would attract players. And if you or if you had a top, if you had a top manager, so someone like Jurgen, so someone like Jurgen Klopp, like even like. Liverpool could put, put, like, potentially go the next like I'd actually I don't I don't even think I don't even think that's the case not not for ten years but I feel like maybe if you had a good a good manager you may be able to attract some top class players but these days Champions League is everything but with that being said like cup like cup competitions they are nice it, it is it is a nice feeling to win them and like especially while like as as fans that we do hold it above other teams like especially what it's what we do with Spurs like we hold it above their heads that like they they haven't won any cup any cup competitions recently so it's it is it's it's a tough one but I'd say if it's for ten years I prefer Champions League. Yeah, I mean, I I was caught like I was torn between the team because I was thinking like success for a football club is it's winning trophies surely. Yeah. But if you look at the pedigree of the trophies, it's not really high. Is it? I mean, FA Cup. Arsenal get ridiculed for winning it every year. I mean, League Cup, no one cares about it either. Everyone mugs it off and plays weak inside. So, um, but then again, if you're win- if you're in the Champions League and you're not winning anything 
too. I mean, what does that really equate to? I mean, off the pitch, it's more like obviously attracting players and your status and finances and whatnot. Yeah, it's beneficial, but I was I was torn between the two. I'm not sure. Like I wasn't sure. I think it's it's a thing where it's just like either long term or short term success. Because like long term, mm. like the Champions League, like I think cup cup competitions, they're very like short term. Like people enjoy it for like a couple of months, and then within a year, it's like forgotten really. Yeah, I'm torn. I'm I'm torn between the two as well because, um, like, if you look at other teams, you know, the value of winning a, a league cup and an FA Cup will get you the Europa League, and also kind of get rid of all the voodoo's of not winning a trophy for so many years, like it did with Arsenal. Yeah. But then Arsenal would prefer being in the Champions League because of the stature of it, the global, you know, expert, um, the global repertoire of being that team that is playing in the best cup competition in the world. You know, um, but then teams have survived without being in the Champions League. You know, like Liverpool managed to get Jurgen Klopp in, and they were playing in the Europa League in his first few seasons. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, I know they haven't got Champions League, um, but what happened is with Arsenal, they still managed to get players like Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, as we've seen in this January transfer window. Is it as well? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Okay, yeah, that was a good discussion. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask was obviously the World Cup's coming up. We've got players in form. Some, well, England have got some players in form. What would your starting eleven be going into the summer, based on form right now? Go on, DK. You got a big smile on your face. I know you, <laughs> you want to take this off. Oh, so like, if they told me about this one, like just before we went on the show, so I quickly just like thought of a quick 11. Um, I do like three at the back, but then I think with the way they're playing and stuff, I think it's just best to do four, three, three. Um, in goal, I'll definitely leave out Joe Hart. Like yeah, definitely. I think it just, I think everyone knows that besides the manager himself. Um, yeah. I'll start either Butland or Pickford. I prefer Pickford more, but I think Butland's more likely to get it. Mm. Um, right back is definitely the easiest one Carl Walker easiest yeah. option mm. um, I think Cahill's going to play definitely going to be starting because of the experience even though if he's not playing that well for Chelsea at the moment um, next to him I think Ife will know that I'm not going to put John Stones in I don't like John Stones I think he's terrible really? yeah I think he's there's, there's a reason why they are playing Otamendi and why they're playing Fernandinho there and there's a reason why they bought Emerick Laporte in January do you not think it's because they wanted more options because like obviously John Stones was playing with Otamendi up until he got injured he's playing in a good system and he's playing in a system that allows him to defend less okay well but so as a like just a centre back when you're comparing him against like other centre backs in world football you don't rate him like he's you don't compare that sort of thing I just don't think he should be starting for England. I don't think he's a good centre-back at all. I think, um, you know, I think Michael Keane is much better than him. And I think Phil Jones is much better than him. So I would choose Jones or Maguire to start alongside Carehill in that centre-back pairing. Okay. All right. Um, Left-back, definitely Danny Rose. Although I do like Bertrand as a backup. Yeah. this one's a bit weird as well. Centre defensive mid. I think Eric dies a bit dodgy, as you know, as they've shown against you know when he's playing against Man City and against Liverpool. He doesn't seem to be mobile enough. Mm. 
they should, I think he should try and focus on becoming a centre back now instead of being a centre defensive mid. Okay. But he's going to start. He's definitely going to start for England. Um, and then Wilshire if it one hundred percent. And unfortunately, Henderson. <laughs> yeah. It's just like yeah, it's just sad. We've got these options, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, Jordan Henderson. I'd like to play someone. I'll, you know, I'll just I'll just make a different and play Drinkwater because he's more tidy than Henderson and he won't make a mistake. I feel like um, based on what I've read, I feel like Henderson's got um, like an influence within, within the England camp. Like he's respected. He's well respected. Obviously, he captains his club. He gets yeah. on with quite a few of the lads. They speak highly of him. So I feel like I don't know if that has <laughs> some. He will sort of, start. Yeah, he will start yeah, definitely. I feel, I feel like that has some sort of like you know sway towards him starting in these games and yeah definitely and also that that World Cup game you know the very first World Cup game in 2014 when they played against Italy that's the best I've ever seen England play mm. and they lost but Henderson was outstanding in that game if you see it it was so good you know the possession inside their half um, but anyway um, so the front three now so that's the midfield done Dyer, Wilshire, yeah. Henderson the front three you definitely have to play Sterling based on current form yeah Obviously Kane's there and then obviously you've got to play Ali but I'd play Ali and Sterling as inside forwards Ali's not so much a wide player which is the issue but Danny Rose can play on that left wing like Jordi Alba kind of does Okay Yeah that makes sense So like he'll just tuck inside but the width comes from the fullback Yeah and then also Rashford having Rashford as a super sub is going to be really really good for us Yeah Okay So what about you? Um I I think I'd go to a four three three as well. Actually mm. I don't think I will. I think I'll probably I'll I'd sway a little bit more to a four two three one and like I'll explain as I go up the formation. But I think I'll I I have Butlin in goal. I think Butlin's very good. Um Joe Hart's just not he's just not good. Pickford's alright, <laughs> but I'd I prefer I feel like Butlin's a better shot um shot stopper as well. Uh right back obviously goes to Carl Walker, um, centre backs. It's like it's like Dirge said, like you're gonna have to play Cahill, even though he's just he's, he's just got a mistake in him, but he's gonna have to play. And then I think alongside him, I'd I'd, I'd settle for the Phil Jones. Maybe like, it's oh, dead. like the defensive like personnel is just not great, especially at centre back. Mm. Left back Danny Rose, and then I think I'll go for a two man midfield, and then. I think I'd I've I'd either have I had I'll have Wilshire in there if if it, and then I'd think I'd go for someone either Henderson or, or Dyer. It depends on like the opposition. I feel like, if, like they're if they're threat, I'd probably go for Dyer instead just because he gives me he's just better defensively than Henderson, and then I'd put Deli Ali as that number ten because I think his link up like his link up play is very good and his movement as well and then also because I'll have Kane as my striker like that that partnership there they've they've been they've been playing for each, with each other for about two years and especially when it comes to international football because like a lot of the time they, they don't get to train with each other a lot and you don't get like a lot of the players don't really play with each other you need you need all the chemistry you can get and then that chemistry of the, um of Deli Ali and Harry Kane would be essential, I feel. And then 
on the flanks, I think I would go with um, Sterling on the like either on the right or the left or wherever. He, I think I'd put him on the right actually, and then I'd go with Rashford just because. I like how direct Rashford can be, can be, and he's got he's a good he can be a good outlet on the wings, and then mm. obviously um, Harry Kane leading the line, and then just have guys like Lingard, Welbeck, guys that um who can just come on and hopefully like impact the game if needed. Okay, um, for me, yeah, I agree with you guys in terms of the goalkeeper situation. There's no way you can take Joe Hart. Um, yeah, Butland or Pickford? Probably Pickford, actually. I like Pickford a lot. Butland's not been as great. Obviously, they've conceded quite a few goals this season, Stoke. So, um, Walker. Um, yeah, once again, you're going to have to choose Kale because he's like <laughs> one of the most experienced... Well, he's the most experienced centre-back we have. And obviously, they talk a lot about how um, experience is key in these international tournaments. So, Cahill... Um, Stones or Phil Jones because Phil Jones has been quite good recently um, then at left back you'd take Danny Rose and obviously Bertrand's been good too you take him as well but Rose over Bertrand um, once again the midfield yeah actually midfield three I'd have like I'd have Dyer as our DM I'd have Wilshire in there and then I'd have like Ali as like like a semi centre midfield, but like an attacking midfielder as well. Just drift. It's sort of like the Pogba role we were talking about beforehand. Yeah. Okay. That's quite, that's quite good. Yeah. Doing something like that. But then again, I don't feel like he's amazing in terms of like finding that part, final pass or and whatnot. But he's like exceptional in terms of like those late runs into box or that his movements yeah. incredible. As well. So I don't know how that'll work out. But out wide, you have to have Sterling and Rashford. 1v1, both of them very good. Well, Rashford not so much recently, but he can be good 1v1. Then obviously I've came up front. But I want to see if, well, if Shelby continues his form, obviously I'd like to see him go into the World Cup. I don't, I'm not understanding people like Jake Livermore going to, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. But, you know, he's good at what he does, obviously, but we're not here for that really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think someone like Shelby, I like Shelby. But yeah, that's that's it really. Do you think we can win the World Cup? No, no. Yeah. All right, yeah, I should, should just check just, I mean, we'd have to have like really favourable draws, and then ha- they'd have to like. To be fair, like you can't com- completely rule them out because like if once you get to the knockout stages, in these mm. like one-off games, you can say anything could happen. But I just feel like there's a lot more teams who are who have got who've got better quality and are more well prepared. I think that's that's one thing as well. So yeah, you've got teams like, like Brazil, you've got Argentina, you've got Spain, you've got France. France are looking yeah. serious. You've got Germany. Germany. Yeah, there's there's no way. Belgium as well, Belgium. dark horses. Brazil. Like Firmino can't even make the starting lineup. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah, we'll and do I very well. Like the I feel like the difference with these teams and like England I feel like for 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 years now we, like, do you think you like England when we playing we've had this chemistry in the team like like you see okay like for example like look at the the Germany the win the the past two winners like the twenty ten Spain squad and the twenty fourteen Germany squad like you like you saw you can see chem you saw chemistry in that team and that that it, it actually helped them along the way and like, I'm a, go on. no yeah with that point yeah I remember saying it on a couple podcasts back maybe months ago that. 
I think Gareth Southgate should just look at sort of making an identity based around that Tottenham team because we've got quite a few English players there. Very true, very true. That's a something good point. like that. Do something based around like Trippier, Walker obviously has been there, Dyer, um, Rose, Ali, Kane, like they've all played for um in the same club side. So like sort of like find that identity because like you said if like there there's a pattern with these World Cup winning squads. They've obviously played together for a long time and I think club football can be a real gem there. It could be a success for us going forward, mm. building around those players because they're a young crop as well, the young crop of players. I think tactically he'll do something. He's been quite impressive tactically. He's not afraid to try different things, you know, playing three at the back or playing four at the back. Mm. You know, I think he's, he's not afraid of mixing it up. Yeah, which is good. Um, should we move on to champ and champ of the week? Um Oh no, quickly, I wanted to ask, so obviously the past couple of weeks there's just been loads of discussions coming back to life and everything and then um, the whole Fabregas Perlo discussion popped up <laughs> on Twitter, I think, um, last week. So I was wanting to get through his thoughts, like who, like who would you, who would you have, like over, who would you pick, like Perlo or Fabregas? Is it what, on kind of what, their best all-time form? Yeah. I think you've got to give it to um, to Perlo because Perlo is the one who's basically, when it comes to the biggest games ever and the trophies that have been won, Perlo is the one who's you know had it more than Fabregas, you know. And also, I've seen Perlo single-handedly in tournaments, you know, show his presence like he did in Euro 2012. You know, Fabregas, there's a reason why they played you know other players ahead of him like Xavi, like Iniesta. Um, like David Silva ahead of Fabregas, so I think I'd also go. I'd go for Perlo any day of the week. Um, yeah, for for me, like the original debate came from the pod where we're talking about. I think someone called Pirlo Legend. I said, yeah, like obviously top player and whatnot. Is he one of the best centre mids ever? And I said I'll take Seth Fabregas over Pirlo as a central midfielder. The reason why I said that, I know obviously it sounds wild and everything is because I feel like Pirlo was obviously a, an exceptional deep-line playmaker, like a register, as you'd say, like FM talk. But <laughs> if, you, if you want a central midfielder, like I want, I want my central midfielder to be able to defend and attack. Like I want him to be able to be versatile in terms of like box-to-box, being um, exceptional in the final thirds, scoring goals. And I felt like... Seth Fabregas ticks more of those boxes than Pirlo does. Obviously, Pirlo, you know, fantastic player, one of the best of his generation. I'm not downplaying that. But the original argument was, like, who would you rather have in CM? I said, I'm I'm taking Seth Fabregas over Pirlo because that's what I want for my centre mid, and that's just maybe subjective. But I remember Gid saying that he wanted a centre mid that could dictate play. Like, that's, that's, his prime, that's the primary role of a centre midfielder, but I disagree with that. I feel like Seth Fabregas can do that well, too. And I also feel like he can get forward and make things happen, too. But, yeah, I understand, obviously, the uproar that was on Twitter. Like, everybody thought it was wild. But I kept asking people, like, why do you think it's wild? Because Seth Fabregas is also a top player. But nobody really wanted to tell me as to why. So we'll just have to wait until those individuals come on the pod. I'm not naming names. <laughs> if who did you choose? I think I tr- at first I I thought about it for a while and I just I don't feel I don't feel comfortable choosing Fabregas. I just I 
it's I don't know. Like I said, maybe maybe it it, it may just be because Fa- um, Perlo just has this like legendary aura about him or something. But me personally, I just can't. I can't. I can't put him over. I can't put him over because. Perlo, like he's he has everything like 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 you said in big games like he he's control games he knows his passing range set pieces like every like he's got everything like Fabregas has got everything and like I feel like people underappreciate Fabregas a bit and like to your point I think he's a bit unlucky like if like if he was like if he was in any other like um Spain squad I mean sorry any other squad he would he would he'd be he'd be a regular starter and like to be honest you can say it's a testament to him because i think he's got over 100 caps for spain and like yeah. this and this is and this is in and he's got 100 caps for spain for a team that's had javi alonso javi iniesta david silva all these great midfielders so it is yeah. a testament to him but i don't know for me like i just can't i mean i mean perlo just his his skill set as 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 great as fabregas can do much more I feel like Perlo's skill set is just great as greater than Fabregas's. Like having that ten out of ten in like that department would like obviously be better than having like a somebody that's like a seven out of ten in every department sort of thing. Do you know? Is it that sort of like thing? Yeah, I understand it. Like I obviously I just it was just sort of debate thing, but it got out of hand. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. What did you want to move on to next? Yeah, champ and jump. Yeah, champion champ of the week. So yeah, DK. Obviously, we um, would like to think you're a regular listener. We have a champion champ of the week. So like, who you think has had a good week, and who you think has also had a terrible week? So yeah, who do you think? Who's your champion? Who's your champ? In terms of footballers or managers or anybody, anybody in football, anybody. It could be even a pundit. I'll I'd, I'd say. Um... In terms of who's had a meltdown, it can it be anyone, not just Premier League, right? It could be yeah, anyone. Anyone, anyone. Yeah. anyone. Okay, I think Mane and Liverpool definitely because you know it's just that you know they they've gotten so far in the Champions League after so many years, and that's quite a big breakthrough for them. You know, scoring five goals. Um, I'd say the two people that have you know been on the other side of that is Iguain and Unai Emery. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Iguain should have buried the match and proven to everyone that he's a clinical striker, but he's not. He's he could, not. He could have had four goals. He legit could have had four yeah. goals in that game. Exactly. And the two, the two chances, the penalty miss and the other chance, they were, they weren't half chances. They were very good chances. So, yeah. Definitely. And unless Emery does something uh, in this match, you know, in the second leg. Um, you know, if they lose that match, he's gone. And I think Zidane said it as well. Whoever loses the match is probably on the verge of a sack. Either him or Emery, but Zidane is top dog. That's nuts, man. It's not, how can jobs be on the line? That's crazy. Exactly. But, um, yeah, so what about you? Um, I think my champ, I'm going to give it to Zidane because obviously they haven't had the best of, best of season so far. Yeah. And like obviously, there's been a there's been a lot of talk about his job and a lot of speculation around him, and obviously like especially when we saw they got drawn PSG, people were just thinking yeah this is just not gonna, it's not gonna bode well. And to be fair to his credit, he came into that game, changed his tactics a little bit, and he got he got a result. So I'll give it to him. And um, in terms of Trump, I was thinking Unai Emery. He gets a special mention, but. 
I'm gonna save it for next week when they, when it's confirmed that they're out, and I'm gonna give it to Higuain because he should have he should have killed the game, like and especially especially because of me, because I I thought I remember I think last week when we gave our predictions, I was like I think I was like I think Juve are just gonna completely outclass Tottenham, and they did for to a certain extent, but you got to finish off your chances, like even even if you're on two goals. If you have the chance to score four, like that's that's what elite that's what elite players do. You don't get yeah. You, you, you don't get chances, then. Yeah. So for that, gets my champ. Yeah. Um, I I say my champ is Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool because that's a fantastic mm-hmm. result. Five 0 away from home at a, a decent side in Porto as well. I know they're missing like Abubakar and a couple other players too. I'm not sure what the names were. But um, that's a big result. I mean, if any of anyone else is doing that, we're like, wow. Um, I mean, the time of the week has to be here going. I can't look past that because people still talk talk to him, talk about him being top five strikers in the world. I, I, I can't understand that. I mean, if if there's any ever a chance to like bury that, it was that night. But, uh, but, <sighs> wow. but see, top five, though, I kind of feel like he is. That's the thing. I, I think there's five better than him. Like I think there's Suarez, there's Lewandowski, there's Aguero, yeah. there's Kane, yeah, Aubameyang. That's that's fair. That's or fair. Benzema. Benzema. You, I, I would put Benzema ahead of Iguain any day that we can not, get. Not anymore. Not anymore. I, I couldn't anymore. Yeah, like, maybe, not, yeah, maybe I, not now. Yeah, ben, as for Benzema, like I can't anymore. I, I want to because I love him, but he doesn't bag like he used to. He doesn't. Doesn't I think Costa Costa is much better than Diego Costa is much better than Higuain as well I think in big games yeah like, oh yeah Costa I rate Costa highly yeah. I'm a bit biased towards Costa I like him a lot so he's very efficient you know in the games that he's played and you know minutes per goal yeah he's a menace he's a menace I like Costa mm. and uh, well he scored again last night didn't he yeah oh I think he did yeah yeah yeah, and who's your right. champ? Oh, My champ. Sorry, yeah, he got in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay, right. Right. right, thank you, DK. Fantastic guest. One of the best we've had. Thank you, it's been an honour. Thank you it's very been much. An honor. Good. Um, you. you've been fantastic. Sorry, um, our panelists will be back next week. We apologise, but I think we've done well anyway, so yeah. I think they should be worried about their contracts. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And the season's might. coming up, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, you know what to do. Um, tweet us, follow us on Twitter at the Weekly Canyon, um, hashtag WCPod and whatnot. Please leave us a review on iTunes too. And yeah, thank you for listening. God bless. Yeah, see you.